Live from the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hello, Todd. And we're going to do bring a trailer right now. Yeah. Um, last week, I chose uh, what was it, 1985 Toyota Celica GTS convertible with five speed transmission. And it did pretty well. It sold for $11,250, which is a pretty healthy price for a. You know, a Toyota probably cost that about, about that much back in the day. So somebody got their money back, essentially. Uh, so it did very well. Uh, this week, though, I have something a little bit different. It's a 1989 Pontiac Turbo Grand Prix by McL- a- ACS McLaren. Uh, it has 5,000 miles on it, and it is red over tan leather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They made approximately 750 examples manufactured for the model year. It had a turbocharged intercooled 3.1 liter V6 uh, that was tuned by ACS McLaren. It really isn't a McLaren, but it was, you know, companies that had merged and they had that name at the time. And it just powers the front wheels through a four-speed automatic transmission. Um, Other factory features include an aero package. In other words, it had extra cladding on it, Um, hood louvers. 16-inch cross-laced wheels, power-adjustable seats, a graphic equalizer, a trip computer with electronic compass and heads-up display. The car was delivered new to Culliver Pontiac GMC in Phoenix, Arizona. It was later exported to Canada before being purchased by the seller in 2019. The ABS system had its brake light on. I mean, it had the light on. They've since fixed that. So, you know, they anybody that... You know, they see anybody from a burner trailer that sees a light on, they, you know, have a heart attack in, in all the comments sections. So you have to make sure and, you know, sh- quiet the trolls before they get you. Um, so it now shows 5,500 miles. I have never seen this car. It says it was part of the, you know, the Davis collection. It comes with its window sticker, manual uh, manuals, keys, service records, an accident-free Carfax report, and a clean Arizona title. Um Let's see. It was the 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 turbo model was based on the Grand Prix uh, SE and features a unique front and rear fascia, functional hood louvers, uh, wheel arch extensions fitted by ACS. Uh, this example is finished in bright red, and I mean it is it is pretty flawless as far. It looks like it just showed you know rolled off the showroom floor. It does. Um, it is. It is a four. It's a very unusual because it's actually four bucket seats. You know the two back seats are bucket seats. Um, the uh, it has you know gold sort of like cross laced wheels uh, that are 16 inch 16 inch was a big deal back then now you know 16 inches you know nothing uh, the four place seating is upholstered in tan leather and the cabin features color matching door panels inserts and carpeting the front seats are 10 way adjustable and the two individual rear seats are pictured in the gallery headliner was replaced last year God knows what happened to that factory interior amenities include the Delco cassette deck with a graphic equalizer as well as radio controls on the steering wheel and you've got to see this this it's literally the, there's this big you know the, the the center of the steering wheel back then it was really big where they put the airbag and i mean there is a button for everything on the steering wheel right in the center like that um it has a you know 120 mile hour speedometer and it's a clock with a calendar and a compass uh it's it's pretty stunning overall um 
I've just never seen anything like it. I, I, someone, someone in the comment section counted the buttons. They said they got over a hundred in this car. I mean, there was a button for absolutely everything, you know, from the windows to the mirrors to the to the seats to to the. It's just it's astounding to see all the things on this. As car. pretty as it is, it's a COVID nineteen nightmare. Uh, all yes, those surfaces would to be. touch. You'd have a lot of wiping down to do on this car. <laughs> yes, sir. A lot. It's just, it's amazing. But, you know, it has, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of like a, a, it's almost, a, you know, the equivalent of a unicorn. I've never seen one like it. There can't be that many left, left out there. Uh, if they only, you know, th- there was another, th- they only made it for two years. I think they made over a little over a thousand in the next year. But this is something, something to behold. Right now, the bidding's only at, uh, what is it, like 85? I brought this up. The bidding's at $8,500 right now, but there's three days left to go on this. And I think it will go for a chunk more, and it's probably a fairly healthy holdback because it is such a rare car in such pristine condition. So it's, Does it's it a say if there's a reserve? Uh, they, they never yeah, – well, it, it would say – Oh, it says no reserve. Actually, it says no reserve. So there is no reserve. So we'll see what happens. Usually the the very end, BAT auctions are sort of unique in that you can't, unlike eBay, if, if there's a bid within the last two minutes, they reset the clock with another two minutes. Really? Yeah. So, you know, so people have to be, you know, serious. And in other words, you can't just wait for the last 10 seconds and put in a bid to get it, you know, like you'd like you would like you're on eBay. So anything within the last two minutes, they reset the clock again and go back. So that gives the people who were bidding against you time to bid it up. And does that actually keep going in two minute increments or? I've seen it go for minute. I've seen it go maybe 10 or 12 times. Wow. Maybe more. Yeah, especially with something that's hot, you know, that, that that's, you know, a little bit more. I watched it on the Toyota, the the 85 Toyota. I watched it go. It must have done it at least 10 times for that one. Every, you know, somebody kept going another 250, another 250, another 250, you know, and someone finally put another thousand on it. I think that's the one that did it. But, you know, it, it it's, it's interesting to see it do because it, it literally the timer, you can see it counting down and then it resets every time that there's a bid that's below the two minute mark. And at the very end of the auction, it checks to see if there were any last second bids just to make sure. And if there is, then it resets it again. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, it, on a bring a trailer, you're right. It says no reserve. I didn't look at that. Yes, it says no reserve. So this is a no reserve auction. Hmm. Uh, but it's going to go It's going to go much higher than that. I think it's going to go at least for fifteen or $20,000. We'll see. Uh, we'll, How I'll high are you willing to go to get it? Then. Yeah. So um, what, what did you pick, John? Well, I picked a dog, uh, but just because it's so weird. And I remember when these things were out when I was a kid, um, I this particular model rolled off uh, the line when I was basically around 10, 11 years old. And it was a 1974 Volkswagen thing. Ah, uh, yes. It was at the front of the page today. And uh, it was bright yellow, the black soft top, and... Uh, this thing is, uh, I don't know, I, I just think they're kind of, I think they're kind of weird and cool. It'd be fun to kind of have it as a station vehicle down here because, of course, it, you know, it's very, very convertible. And uh, Yes. Uh, but it is a Volkswagen, and I've had some, you know, mixed blessings with Volkswagens in the past. 
but uh, it's right now. Uh, somebody had a bid on in, uh, in on it at five thousand dollars, and the next person bid on it at nine thousand. So I guess they they really wanted to take a jump. And uh, the, this is going to sell for a lot of money. You're going to be shocked when it when it actually closes. These are these are fairly rare because a lot of them just rusted out and you know fell apart. Yeah. And there, there's, there's, I don't know what it is about them, but there's something in the zeitgeist about this, this car, which is very, very, very basic. I mean, it's basically a beetle ch- chassis with this odd looking body plopped on top of it. Yeah. You know, it has a, it says, what is it? It's a 1600cc flat four paired with a four speed manual transactional axle. The seller has performed an engine out service. Wow. Including a valve adjustment, new clutch, oil seals, ignition components, and more detailed listing, more detailed than the listing. The thing is now offered by the selling dealer. It's a, it's got Oregon plates on it. So it's in Salem, Oregon. And it has, if it, if it really has 35,000 miles, but it, you know, under BAT rules, if it's a five-digit odometer, they yeah. almost always say TMU, which is total mileage unknown. Got you. So, it, you know, they think, you know, it could have turned over unless unless the seller has like all the uh, the records back to new or something that they, they usually they usually put TMU for total miles unknown. But if it's really 35,000, it does look very very fresh as far as that goes yeah i mean if you look at it there's no you know, the, so there's a little bit of paint touch up on it and things like yeah. that but yeah i mean there is but, but it I, this is like this it's is, in pretty good shape yeah this is a hard car to paint though because you really have everything is this painted inside as well it's not just the right the, the outside of the car you know you have to really to paint the car you literally have to take the interior out and then, like you know, dip the whole car in. You know, you know, and I want the license dip. plate with it too, because it's Oregon plate VWTHNG. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get those. I mean, you know, that that was a. Uh, but I guess there's not that many of them there. Uh, the car is finished in yellow, and it has the black stripe along the along the bottom below the doors that says the thing, <laughs> which I think that's probably original. Uh, but they said it was repainted in uh, 19, the 1990s, so apparently they did do re- redo some of it. Uh, paint shrinkage and touch-ups are noted in some areas, along with some missing retainer straps on the top uh, on the top pull-throughs. Uh, the, the seller installed a set of amber turn signals. I guess it didn't have amber turn signals uh, in place of the previously installed clear items. And uh, factory lighting is present elsewhere. And when they say factory lighting, I mean they probably mean like one light bulb inside, and then you know the the headlights and and the tail lights because there really wasn't much else. Uh, on this car yeah the light uh, the bulbs door. in the dashboard <laughs> yeah right well if you look, look, look at all the instrumentation there's one there's one there's one in the center and it's the speedometer with a with probably just a fuel gauge i'm sure that's all that's there uh because there really wasn't much more in a volkswagen at the time uh, they just didn't have it now the seller has provided a, a load of pictures here i see and yeah and uh you know they, they over over 200 pictures which is a lot and i guess it shows you know all the various you know th- what they do is they took it out to prove that there's no rust in it a lot of times you know it looks sort of odd when they take things like the seats out but they want to show people because one of the things that was a problem with this car was the was the rusting out floor pan hmm 
so to prove that it doesn't have a rusting out floor pan, you know, they took it all, you know, they took it all out to show you. And I look at the, the there it is, the, uh, the the speedometer. It's one exact, it's one round gauge. Uh, it says 35,425 on it. Uh, I'm looking at the car and I think that has probably been turned once. That's my guess. Just because, of, you know, you can see sort of the wear around the gauge where it's been cleaned and cleaned many times. And you can see where there's a little bit of paint on it where it's been, you know, where they had the repaint on it. And of course, uh, the, the, you can see where the screws are painted, which are probably means it was sprayed with it in place. And they probably just taped off, the, you know, the, 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 the speedometer. They didn't take it out at the time. There was also uh, a relative sexy sports car I saw today that uh, was on there 1100 miles on a 2017 Acura NSX and then I had a heart attack when I looked at the the price tag on that thing at 95,500 uh yeah was uh, was that the what year was it um, uh, 2017 uh, so that's a new one yeah yeah because there, there's the first generation this is the second generation uh they're new. They're very expensive. I mean, so I'm Clearly. not surprised. But you know, I don't know why people buy these cars and then never, you know, never drive them. But that's what happens uh, with with a lot of these cars. You can see that there's you know low mileage on some of these. I mean, we looked at. I looked at. There was a um, a Mustang that was also very low mileage, like five thousand miles on it from 1989. Uh, you're listening to Todd Bianco and John McMullen. This is all riffed up on iHeart Radio. We'll be right back. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hello, sir. Uh, before the break, we were talking about our bring a trailer picks, and you mentioned this 2017 Acura NSX with 1,100 miles showing, showing on it. I wanted to look at that, and it says it's one of 581 Examples sold in the U.S. for the model year. It was originally delivered to a McDaniel's Acura of Columbia, South Carolina. It was acquired by the selling dealer in March 2020. The car is finished in uh, curva, curva red over ebony uh, black leather uh, and power is provided by uh, twin turbo V. 3.5 liter V6 that works in conjunction with three electric motors on a nine-speed dual-clutch transmission and all-wheel drive system. Factory options include uh, carbon ceramic brakes, which are very expensive. That was probably a $20,000 option. Uh, polished uh, exclusive interwoven wheels. I'm sure that was another, you know, $10,000 or more. Uh, the second generation NSS has not been titled and is now offered with its window sticker and owner's literature. So it's essentially brand new because it's never been titled. Wow. I thought that was an interesting little, you know, part, part of that. Well, and they so show it. They have 1,100 miles on it and not be, have been titled. That's 
it's because dealers owned it. You I know, see. they probably just stuck the dealer plates on it and then never titled it. Uh, and they, you know, they, they, it's, but it's, you know, it's a few years old, so it's probably been driven right. here and there by the dealers. But yeah, it's never been titled according to this. And it's in Vero Beach, Florida now. Uh, so it's been around. So it's, you know, it's been here and there. Why does nobody just, want it? Why is it an orphan? I don't know. Because it, it looks, I mean, it's quite sharp looking. And Very it, you know, sexy you think, car. Yeah. And if you notice, it says 1,100 miles. They don't say TMU, total mileage unknown. They, they know the miles on this car has ever been titled. So, you know, <laughs> that's a fairly easy one for them to, to, to come to. But, wow, that's quite a that's quite the car. And the other one that I mentioned before the break was this um, – Ford Mustang that I, I saw, and it's red, red. Oh my God, it's is it red ever? It's a 1989 Ford Mustang LX 5.0 liter V8 convertible with 4,000 miles on it, uh, and uh, it came from this collection of this guy. He has nothing but red cars, and this car is red, red, red. I mean, it is red. It is uh, crimson red over crimson red cloth interior, and it is. It is pristine. It is. It does look like it's, you know, right off the factory floor. Uh, it comes with the window sticker and everything else. And they do not put uh, TMU on this. They say 4,000 miles showing. It's probably because they have the, you know, every every piece of paper from the day from day one on the car. Uh, but uh, again, it's if you want a brand new car that from 1989, this is it. Uh, just like the Pontiac that I looked at before. It's quite. Quite, 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 quite the time capsule. Yeah. Uh, but these these things pop up on bring, bring a trailer up quite frequently because this is where people bring them, and that's why it's kind of fun to look at them. Even if I, you know, don't buy them, it's kind of fun to look at them. Now, uh, Consumer Reports published this thing, and I, I've talked about it before, but I thought it couldn't hurt to uh, bring it up again for people: is uh, how to protect yourself against coronavirus from pumping gas. Um, you know, we've talked about the social distancing thing and, you know, it's not as easy, uh, as, as, as it sounds, but, uh, for many, that means an occasional trip to the gas station and it's inevitable and touching the pump handle and payment uh, keypad, uh, pump handles and credit card keypads are all, you know, high touch areas that could have the virus. Experts say you should stay alive, you know, that could stay alive for hours or even days on these hard surfaces. So what they say do they do? So they suggest the following that consider can carrying some disposable nitrile or uh, latex gloves in your car you use when gripping the pump handle. Short of that, you can try to use paper towels and that are sometimes available at the pump. Good luck with that, right? Right. Uh, you mean actually having supplies in the gas station? Um, or well, I was have, actually pleased that the folks over at Costco when I was there last week, that they had a guy who was running between pumps, between each passenger or a person coming to buy gas and fill their tank and, and who had uh, sanitizer spray and, and uh, was wiping down each pump, the handle, the buttons, the, the not, you know, the, you know, the, uh, uh, just the whatchamacallit, yeah. the uh, keypad and so on, right. uh, where you put the credit card in and all that in between each person using it. Yeah, and you should also try to isolate yourself. I mean, you shouldn't, you know, try to at least be far away from the person at the next pump or one way or another to, to do that as well. Uh, and, and I guess now we're all supposed to wear a mask when you go outside. At least I think that was the order, the latest one I heard. Yep. Um, Beverly Hills now requires you to have it on when you step out of your house. Same with the city of Palm Springs. Really? I mean, for I mean, you, the only time you can not wear it in the city of Beverly Hills is if you are traveling alone in your car. That makes sense. 
Yeah, that makes that makes some sense. But if you step outside your house for what it doesn't matter for what reason, walking your dogs or, you know, just going outside for any reason, you're supposed to wear a mask. But I would think the same thing would happen at the gas station. If you don't have one in your car, you, you should put it on when you get outside of the gas station, of course. Um, and, I, I, you know, one of the things that I remind people is that take the gloves off before you touch the handle to your car again. So before, you know, like if you close the, the driver's door and if you grab it to get back in, if you've already cleaned that off, what you should do is you should take your gloves off before you get back in your car. Because if you use if you use the gloves and the gloves that were, had any sort of contaminant on them, yeah. uh, you would have, you touch your steering wheel, you would touch the, the door, handle, all sorts of other things, and you haven't driven it off yet. So one thing to do, uh, this is Todd Bianco, John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on I Have Radio, and you'll we'll be right back. Bye-bye. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey there, Todd. And before we start having a little bit of fun with it by changing gears, I just want to remind people, if you have a 2019 or 2020 Volvo, it's just been recalled. Apparently, there's a potential problem with the automatic emergency braking on 121,605 vehicles, and uh, Volkswagen, I mean, Volvo has to fix the software. So, let's see. It says, according to the recall documentation, the cause of this problem is a mix of new hardware and old software. The older code is not fully compatible with the new vehicle hardware. Unfortunately, the you know the hardware was installed on 121,000 of these uh, Volvo vehicles uh, built between November 9th, 2018 and March 11th, 2020, meaning every Volvo S60, S90, V60, V60 Cross Country, V90, V90 cross country, XC40, XC60, and XC90 is going to need to be fixed. Unfortunately, that fix is fair. Fortunately, the fix is fairly simple. It's a no-cost software upgrade, but you have to go to the dealer to get it done because Volvo does not have over-the-air uh, software updates like they do in Teslas. And I think every car is going to eventually have that feature. It's not just a Tesla, and then you know Porsche can do it now, and so those others. That now, is a lot being, of diseased Volvas. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's unfortunate. I mean, this it's a, uh, you know, when you have these problems, it, it does it does make it difficult. And the other thing that I found out that uh, apparently um, MGM sent Tesla a cease and desist because they were using for their their, their we've t I've talked about it before their sentry mode where the where the cameras on the car watch around the car to see if anybody's do, you know doing anything like scratching it or whatever else yeah you know that's that's their that's their safety system well they were using the uh, the eye of HAL 9000 uh, as the as what was on the screen so 
MGM sent them, who owns the rights to as 2001 A Space Odyssey, sent them a letter saying cease and desist. So now they have what to change be, the look, of the, look would, of the system. What would be great is if if they added uh, uh, insult to injury and they and they used the roar of the lion. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. But I, I, I think I saw the redesign. It's not that much different, but it, it's it's a redesign, so it's not infringing on their copyrights. All right, uh, you being an old radio guy, I thought this would be fun to do. The, the band names inspired by cars. And okay. I'm sure you've uh, heard a few of these. Uh, so you know, we can start with the Beatles, but you know, I'm not sure that the Volkswagen Beetle was really the inspiration for that. Um, they did. It says that they didn't get their inspiration from that. The Fab Four had nothing to do with the with the with the Volkswagen. But since then, uh, significant musical groups besides uh, the Beatles have come up with ones. And let's start off with the first one with the, with the Cars. We all remember the Cars, right? Right. And Rick Ocasek, who's dead, it's hard to imagine that you know he's gone, but uh, he was. So the they were heading on. This, uh, what they say is they were on the leading edge of the new wave rock in the 1970s. Uh, they had taken some important but uh, disparate contemporary trends and they blended it together. And the uh, you know the first one, the first album was called Just the Cars by the Cars, and I remember it. You know. My, well, when I was a kid uh, coming up, this was a, you know, we played that thing as loud as we could do it. Um, you know, that was a that was a very popular record. And, uh, you know, it was uh, certainly had the theme cars with it. Now, uh, oh, then, and then they're apparently in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before he, you know, it, at least they did that uh, before before Okasik died, which was a heart disease just five months after the after that happened. Uh, so uh, the biggest hit was called Drive, and it was released in 1984. So that's, I guess, a good thing for them. Uh, Ario Speedwagon, we've all heard of them. Uh, as the story goes, uh, the, the 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 keyboard player. Uh, was uh, taking in a history of transportation class in uh, the University of Illinois in the fall of 1967 when he learned about the REO Motor Car Company's uh, speed wagon truck the day before his new band began looking for a name. So there you go. So thank you, uh, Ransom E. Olds, who also was the Oldsmobile, but uh, uh, that's REO Speedwagon. Uh, that's how they got their name, it's just because he was taking a class in history. Never knew. Uh, that's cool. No, I thought that was kind of cool, too. But at least he was taking a class in history. That's a good thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, they, uh, you know, they were a huge – I remember they were a huge success. I don't – do they even play now? REO? Yeah. Yeah, I think they still go to like the casinos and stuff. The casinos, yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. I think I remember. I think that's where I remember seeing is that there was an ad like one of the casinos or something uh, had Ario Speedwagon, so they're still they're still out there. Uh, now I didn't, you know, Pantera because uh, uh, the the band Pantera they're sort of like a heavy metal uh, rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, they were formed in Texas in 1981. Uh, it's a long way from Italy, which is where uh, the the car was the Di Tommaso Pantera. Um, that uh, it, it uh, was an American. It had a 5.8 liter Ford V8, so it kind of was a, a Italian American mashup. Uh, the name for the guitarist, uh, the name it was named for a guitarist. His guy's name was Dimebag Daryl Di Tommaso. So uh, his name was actually Di Tommaso, and he, they called him Dimebag. I didn't know that. So <laughs> because his name was Di Tommaso, they just took the name Pantera, which was the, you know, what the car was called, uh, Di Tommaso Pantera. 
Interesting. I did not know. I didn't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Um, now, this is a band I had not heard of, and I thought it was fun. Uh, did you know that there was a band called Reliant K? I didn't. I did not either. It, the, it's, it's slightly different from, remember, remember the K cars? Yes. Uh, that, Chrysler. The Chrysler. The, the, they actually had a Reliant K. Right. Well, My grandfather had one. Yeah. This is an Ohio Christian rock band. <laughs> they admit that it is based on the Plymouth Reliant K that the guitarist Matt Hoops owned when the group got together in two, 1998. Uh, Reliant K has produced nine studio albums, won two Dove Awards. I'm assuming that's a Christian rock award and received Grammy nominations for the best rock gospel album in 2004. Hallelujah. K- yeah. Um, okay. The Fabulous Thunderbirds. Now I kind of remember them. I definitely uh, I remember ha- them. They had a big hit <laughs> called Tough yeah. Enough. Yep. Uh, they are, let's see, the, another Texas band uh, whose blues rockers have been performing since 1974, although the lead singer, Kim Wilson, is the only remaining member. Um, while the band's name seems like a Ford uh, tagline from the mid-1950s, the Fabulous Thunderbirds are actually named for a m- mythical Native American bird, which gets its name from uh, from the belief that the be- the beating of its wings causes thunder and stirs the wind. Now, you know that Thunderbird is the uh, one of the names of the uh, the original um, uh, areas here. What was it? Is it still in Palm, Palm Springs or is it Rancho Mirage? Rancho Mirage. Mirage. Yeah. Rancho Mirage. Yep. And did you, did uh, you know that For some of our famous ca- neighbors live, like the Obamas have a house in there. Uh, author Ann Rice used to have a place up in there. Yeah, it's it's a very exclusive neighborhood, the, and the uh, Fords it was lived, done, I believe too. Yeah, um, do you know that the that that the uh, Ford Thunderbird was actually named after the development, and that they asked they they asked them for the, that they if they could use the name, and they said they could. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so so the so the so the so the the Rancho Mirage <laughs> enclave was before the Ford Thunderbird came out. Okay, now I used to work for I a hockey not. team in Seattle named the Thunderbirds too. Yeah, um, let's see, E Type. I did not hear know of this band either called E Type. Um, born Bo Martin Eric Erickson, the Swedish. Euro dance musician has been performing as E-Type since 1991. And yes, he did name himself after the Jaguar sports car. Uh, the fact that most of us in the U.S. have never heard of him uh, doesn't change the fact that he's uh, popular in Sweden. Well, so is Ava. Uh, and he's had uh, five number one singles and five albums that have reached number one or number two, as well as Finland, Norway, and Israel. <clears throat> so go there. Uh, interestingly, the Brits overwhelmingly prefer their own e-type chassis over the e-type musician so i'm sure that's the case <laughs> and now here's one called the gtos uh, you know after the pontiac gto right uh, but there's also a ferrari that was uh, had a gto moniker on it so uh when uh, when a late 60s all-female group named girls together outrageously girls together outrageously GTO began using the letters GTO. It was an obvious nod towards <clears throat> one of the super car, car cool cars, whether it was the Ferrari or the Pontiac, we don't know. In fact, they're guessing that the abbreviation came first since the girls together outrageously sounds like something, you know, Yoda would say. Uh, here's hoping that the music, music fans didn't call 
Paul didn't start calling the ladies goats <laughs> because you know the pon- <laughs> the pon- Pontiac GTOs you know call them goats. Okay, uh, I've never heard of the group. I, you know, I've never heard of the yeah, GTOs. Uh, how about Jesus Chrysler Superstar? Oh no. Yes. No. Uh, yes. Uh, this Arizona alternative hard rock group uh, formed in the 1993 combined two well-known entities, Chrysler Corporation and, and the 70s rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar into one rad and alternative band name. As if, as if there were ever a doubt about the group's automotive origin, band members performed in NASCAR jumpsuits. I wonder um – I wonder how Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber feels about it. I don't know, but Jesus Chrysler Superstar. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. How how about this one called uh, Chevelle? Uh, I didn't I, I didn't know this one either. Uh, more rock, uh, more cars. The Illinois band was originally formed in 1995 by brothers Pete, Sam, and Joe Loeffler, who are collector who are collector who are car. Collect, collector car enthusiasts and named the band after their dad's favorite car. Uh, the alternative metal uh, group uh, has recorded eight studio albums, including this type of thing uh, could do it on us. Uh, this type of thing could do us in. Okay, there it is. It was a certified gold. Chevelle is touring both car and band. Okay. All I haven't right. heard of them either. Nor had I. Uh, how about more... Fustang. Huh? Ford Fustang. Mord Fustang. As, a Ford born, as opposed to Ford Mord Mustang. Is in Estonia. The guy's name, that's what he renamed himself, is a techno dance artist whose stage name celebrates his favorite car, the Ford Mustang. <laughs> he was selected as a Breakthrough Artist of the Year at the fifth annual Beatport Music Awards in March 2012. <laughs> and his music is almost as fun as driving a classic Mustang if you enjoy that sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> so Mord Fustang. There you go. <laughs> now, this is another group I've never heard of. Galaxy 500. Mm. I was named after the name the for the car, but uh, the, but lasted nowhere near as long as the Ford as the Ford luxury car did. Formed in Cambridge, Massachusetts, in 1987. The, the trip calls it the, the group calls it quits after the group called it quits after four years later, um, releasing only three albums. Uh, Triumph Rally Forces. Another one is it was named after the British cars or motorcycles, which means they they weren't cheating a bit here. They just did it. Uh, but, but the band is from Canada huh. and Canadian English put it together. OK, so I, most of these I didn't know, but I sure thought they were fun. They certainly were. All right. Especially uh, Mr. Is, uh, uh, Mord Fustang. That's it. My favorite. Uh, let's say this is Todd Bianco and John McMullen. You're listening to All Ripped Up on iHub Radio. We'll be right back. Weather, truth, and fun. 
We're iHub Radio, homegrown in the Coachella Valley. For the love of cars, this is All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I have a little more news and then maybe something to entertain you. Um, the automakers are, want to get back to work as soon as possible, and they say they are aiming for the first week in May. Um, this is for you know their various plants around the country, and they plan on doing what the Chinese are doing now. They're going to temperature screen, health questionnaires, assembly line uh, are being uh, redesigned to keep workers apart. And if you're Everyone sick, just shoot you? Uh, yes, and, and, every, and they, everybody has to wear masks and gloves, but I don't think they're doing what they're doing in China, which is they're actually sanitizing the bottom of your car when you drive into the parking lot, and they're going around wiping car handles down all day long. <laughs> Lovely. Yes, so uh, they, they would like to get back to work then, but they haven't, you know, no date has been set yet. Uh, Rivian, my favorite uh a startup uh, EV uh, maker for pickup trucks, they're going to be delayed. They were going to have their truck out, by the pickup truck, by the end of this year. Uh, that's been pushed back because they've had to go to a skeleton staff at their factory that they were, you know, doing a big build out on, that just doing some of the electrical work in the factory uh, so that people can stay far apart. And of course, their engineering team is working at home, but they won't be able to start up the factory until, you know, later this year, which means it will push their truck back. Um, Nissan is begging for a $4.6 billion credit line from various banks uh, to try to weather the storm. You know, they were having troubles before all this hit and uh, sales were failing then. And now they're just, you know, they're in free fall for, you know, like many of them. But, you know, Nissan needs the money more than most. I think GM stockpiled $16 billion, but GM has a better, you know, can better weather this kind of storm. Um, okay. Now, I got the I got an offer. I saw it in my email. I've been one of the thousands of things I get every day. It seems, um, Motor Trend uh, has their new app, you can, streaming service. They they started at the beginning of this year. And they didn't know that this was coming. They didn't know that we were going to have some you know pandemic where everybody had to stay in and watch TV or you know do something to keep themselves you know unbored. Um, they uh, would like you to. Uh, look at their new service. And what they're doing is they're offering you, there's a couple of offers I've seen. One is like a first month for free, and then you pay after that, I think it was 40 something dollars a year. It was it was a little more expensive, but the one I saw was that they were offering their service for an entire year for $11.99. You had to pay it all up front, you, you know, you, but it's essentially a dollar a month. Um, and you know they bill it all up front, but that's a pretty good deal for for what you get. You get uh, 20 plus years of Top Gear, which is the British ver- British version. Uh, they have a brand new Top Gear America, which is coming soon. Uh, then they have a bunch of shows like Roadkill. I mean, I, I haven't watched these, but I've seen very you know I've seen various people at various you know times. I've seen videos with them in it. Um, Wheeler Dealers, Mythbusters, Best of Cars, Petrolhead Planet. Top Gear specials and overhauling. Uh, it will work um, on. They have it on iOS, Android, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, uh, Chromecast, and Xbox One 360. Uh, I downloaded the Roku app and uh, on my uh, Roku TV, and it works just fine. I also have it for free because apparently, if you have insurance through Haggerty for classic cars. I insure my old Mercedes with them, uh, and they gave me a free year with it. So there's various ways to get it for pretty cheap. Nice. Uh, I start. I started watching some of the shows, but you know, f- for twelve bucks for an entire year, that's not such a bad deal. 
you know, if you want to sit there, you know, rewatch old shows and stuff, people are doing that. I mean, there people are going back to old shows and rewatching things. And so I think that's certainly an op, you know, an option for somebody, you know, to do if they're, if they're bored, that's something that's relatively affordable and they can, you know, I'm sure they have different specials and they have different things that are, you know, on there. I didn't list the, you know, the entire, you know, roster of the shows, but you know, they're, they're trying to make it a little more appealing than some of the other apps uh, that are out there that are trying to, you know, do streaming services. Um, you know, I keep wondering with why I'm paying for CBS all access and then they lure me back in with the, the good fight. So, okay. You have got that. Uh, Tesla Super Battery, a million miles, ultra fast charging, cheap and light. This is an interesting story that I saw. Uh, tech, you know, battery tech is advancing quickly, and Tesla seems to be ahead of all the others. Tesla has been working hard on developing new, game-changing batteries that are the result of being shown at Tesla Battery Day. Every year they have Battery Day. It's like a big event you know like you remember apple used to have their big event once a year yeah the worldwide um, developer conference yeah the, tesla has their battery day once a year it's a big thing where everybody comes you know with their various tech and they come from around they the take world over for radio shack where you used to be able to go once a month and get a free battery uh yes i oh god i remember <laughs> that you know you, i forgot about that until you reminded me Wow. And it was a really crappy battery that didn't last a month anyway. Or, or bar- <laughs> That's or barely how they got you back in. Yeah, that was back then. Wow. I remember Radio Shack and, you know, Radio Shack has been gone for a while. Uh, okay. So um, they have a mil- they're saying that it will have a million mile life. It's going to be cheap and capable of charging faster than any battery out there. And it's going to be lightweight. The possibilities of a Tesla will reveal, are, which is later this month if they have it, um, we'll see. It's been scheduled for April, but I think it was rescheduled for for May. Uh, it was so what they were, you know, what the possibilities are, are kind of endless. Uh, but they've uh, put out a video that seems to suggest that they will not only debut a super battery that works best in all applications, uh, but rather a variety of new batteries. Uh, that are best suited for particular uses. And what we expect to see Tesla reveal is a battery that offers all-in-one regards to energy density, extremely fast charging capabilities, and something that is easy to produce in volume to drive down costs. Tesla Seeker battery project is called Roadrunner, and it promises cheap and energy-dense batteries that will extend vehicle range, produce car price, reduce car prices, and possibly jolt Tesla into new highs, uh, both in stock and uh, in their vehicles sales uh you know there's a talk that a a tesla vehicle with these batteries may even be revealed at tesla battery day i don't know if they're going to do that Uh, but they bought something called maxwell technologies and and they think that this is going to be involved with this project tesla uh, battery expert jeff don is uh headed uh, the head of the team tesla works on cells internally without assistance from panasonic panasonic has been their their battery partner all along but it looks like tesla is about to you know basically say to Panasonic goodbye and and do their own batteries. One of the things I think this is going to do, you know, Tesla has not come out with the semi yet. They've, they've been, they've sold it, you know, they've pre-sold it to various people and, you know, big, big companies. And they've been running tests on this thing for a long time. It basically runs with motor, with model three motors. But I think what they're doing with this new battery tech is they're waiting to put this in the, in the semi trucks so that they can have a, you know, four or 500 mile range on a truck, which is a really very good range and then have it recharged within, you know, just a few hours, which is something that, you know, they would have to sleep, you know, truckers have to still stop and sleep anyway. So I think that that's a good thing. And, you know, we used to talk to a lot of truckers on the radio. I think that that might be an interesting thing for them. 
Yeah. So you've listened, you've been listening to All Wrapped Up on I Have Radio. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen, and we'll be back next week with another show. Thanks, Thanks for son. listening.